May the force be with you. Oh, come on, you guys. Listen, there's a reason, there's a reason I do this. It's because, I, I mean, I want, you to, I want you to make sure you understand that this is really church. I know that most of you get that, you know, you came to a church, and most of you get the Christmas story. That's why we wanted to put a little twist on it. The whole Star Wars thing is a really interesting parable. I know you know what it's all about, but we just wanted to make it fun for you, and we welcome you. We're glad that you're here. Big shout out to our Homer campus who is getting started tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a couple of pictures. Um, that's our new building in Homer Glen. We'd love for you to go over and check it out sometime. We did a soft launch opening on, uh, look at that, 550 seats, beautiful auditorium. We had a soft launch opening on, uh, on Sunday, and we're really excited about uh, what God's going to do. And uh, Christmas vacation, okay? Drum roll, please. Just about two hours ago, I booked Matt Forte to come to Parkview January 23rd and 24th, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. Our job, our job will be to convince him to remain a bear because he uh, is a free agent. So that's our job. He's going to be coming. We're going to be hanging out, talking about Jesus, great Christian guy, and uh, just a lot of fun things that we do around here. We hope that you will come back. We hope that you'll be a, a part of us at some point if, if that's the deal. If you're visiting from another church, we're really glad that you're here. We want to minister to you too. We hope to just go back there and make it work because uh, we're not trying to steal people away. We just want to, we want to worship Jesus. And I know that you probably, most of you grew up with a church background. 80% of us are Catholic around here. Let me see your hand. If you grew up Catholic, I just want you to know this, okay? Everybody feel at peace, okay? Peace be with you. It's all good, okay? <clears throat> we are not Protestants. I just want to say that. I'm not protesting anything, okay? We're all in this together, and uh, we are glad that you're here. We love you. My assumption out of all this is that you understand that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is not singing loud for all to hear, right? You, you understand that. Let's pretend that you're in junior high, okay? And I pass you a note and I say, check this box, all right? Which one would make you fear less, right? Fear not. You better not, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. Santa Claus is coming to town. Or fear not, a Savior is born. He is Christ the Lord. He will save the people from their sins. That's the one I'm checking, okay? And probably a lot of you get that. Now, probably a lot of you understand that. But but the deal for me at Christmas time is, and just so you know, family, I don't need presents. I need presents. What I need is for the virgin to conceive, give birth to a son, and call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's that's what I need. That's what Christmas is all about. That that's what we celebrate here at Parkview every week. Can I just? tell you what my problem with Christmas is, it may surprise you. It's not commercialism. It's not, you know, Santa. It's not all those other things. My problem with Christmas is it's the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Can I get an amen from you, gentlemen? It's my problem. It's my problem, okay? Uh, it's okay to talk back to me as long as you're polite, all right? Listen, my wife watches the Hallmark Channel nonstop this time of year. Evidently, so do some of the rest of you, okay? If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Hallmark Channel is like the Disney Channel for women, okay? Fair enough. The plot is always the same. It's some woman who can't find love or she has the wrong love. And then, you know, something ridiculous happens. Like there was one where she kidnaps a guy and takes him home for Christmas so her mom will think she has a boyfriend. 
I'm not kidding. I think it was called Felony for Christmas. I don't even know what it was. It, it, some stupid thing, ridiculous, non-realistic thing happens, and then the right people fall in love, and it all gets neatly resolved. You know, John Denver gets a visit from Angela Lansbury, who happens to be an angel, and they all live happily ever after. Problem with the Hallmark Channel is there's just no sense of reality. When I come into the kitchen, she's watching the Hallmark Channel. It's all I can do not to make fun of it. And you know how hard that is for me. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that I don't get emotional in movies. It just has to be more reality to the movie. You know, like the scene when Buddy the Elf is leaving the North Pole and Mr. Norwal says, Bye, Buddy. Hope you find your dad. I, that gets me every time. A little Arctic puffin, you know, crying out as he jumps out on the iceberg. That's cinema, right? Well, the, the reason I bring this up is because I think the reason that, that the women love the Hallmark Channel and the reason that we love resolution in movies and the reason that we love fairy tales where people live happily ever after is because our reality doesn't really go that way very often, does it? I mean, when we decided to do this series, Fear Not, at Christmas time, it was way back in the summer because our, our team, our worship team, our band put together this Christmas EP, four songs. You heard some of them already. You're going to hear the final one tonight, and we're going to give you a free download of this final one that you hear uh, tonight uh, so you can take it home and, you know, you can go home and download it and have this free song. So they were like, we got to plan ahead. Can you tell me what, what we want to do? And so we started talking about it. We decided to do Fear Not. We had no idea how important this message was going to be. I read a poll last week that Americans are more fearful today than they've ever been at any time since 9-11, since the World Trade Towers. More fearful. Why? I mean, the terrorism, obviously. But the world's a crazy place. We just came through the Great Recession, which was unparalleled at any other time in our nation's history except for one. We live in a world that feels like it's gone back to the 60s in regards to race relations, doesn't it? It's crazy. And we live in a political climate right now where the whole country, no matter what side you're on, is saying, I can't believe, fill in the blank, may be the president of the United States of America. <laughs> doesn't matter which side you're on, you're saying that right now, right? Okay? And I think that the reason that we're all looking for a Hallmark channel is because our reality is more like Die Hard. Do you remember Die Hard? It is a Christmas movie, okay? Two kinds of people in the world. Those who think Die Hard is a Christmas movie and those who are wrong, okay? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Die Hard, you know, walking on glass barefoot so you can save the world. That's our reality. And I believe that's where we live. And the fact of the matter is, you know, this is the world that we live in, and Jesus predicted it. Jesus said, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places, and fearful events. Fear not. How can I fear not if we're going to have fearful events and great signs from heaven? The Bible says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We live in a die-hard world, but take heart. I brought you something better than false reality of the Hallmark Channel. I have overcome the world. As a matter of fact, the first part of that verse, he says, I have told you these things so that you might have peace. So that you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart, and may the force be with you. Okay? I mean, I got to see Star Wars last night. I got to tell you... Um, 
I'm not going to ruin it for you. It, it was really good. It's worth it. Um, but the fun thing for me was getting to see it with my son-in-law and his brother-in-law and some boys, okay? Because I got three daughters. You may not know me, but I got three daughters. All my life, I'd go to movies like Star Wars, and the girls would be like, oh, the big doggy was cute, Daddy. <laughs> you, you know, and then I got to go home and watch the little women. Finally, I have son-in-laws in my life. Hallelujah. And, and can I just say... I love them all, and I just got another one on Saturday. My youngest daughter got engaged, and uh, I'm three for three. As they say in hockey, I believe I have a hat trick, ladies and gentlemen. I'm pretty excited about that. But one of the reasons why any movie like this, Star Wars or whatever, actually works, I think, so well, and I know it's, based in a, it's not based in a lot of reality either, but there is reality in Star Wars because there's a dark side and a light side in Star Wars, that's the major theme. And you say, well, how does that apply to Christmas? Well, I don't know. Was there a dark side in the Christmas story? Who do you think King Herod worked for? Killing all those baby boys that, when he was trying to get to Jesus. Was there a light side? Absolutely. The light side, he's even more remarkable. There is a force, and it can be with you. And you're like, okay, well, that makes sense. No, it really makes sense. Look, Paul, the apostle, said in Ephesians, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and against authorities and against the powers of this dark world, right? And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. There is a dark side and a light side. And there is a force all over the Christmas story, a supernatural force, a star that guides Foreign people to go see the baby Jesus. Virgins conceiving. Barren women conceiving. Priests being struck dumb. And angels. An undeniable part, supernatural part, a force in the Christmas story is the presence of angels. Gabriel shows up in the temple to tell Zechariah he's going to have a baby in his old age. He's going to be buying diapers with his social security check. <laughs> awesome. Six months later, later, Gabriel shows up to Mary to tell her she's going to have a baby in a supernatural way as well. Then another angel shows up to tell the Jedi warrior Joseph to not give up on Mary and use the force to raise the Son of God. I mean, this is how the story goes. And then there are the shepherds. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Sounds pretty supernatural to me. Linus's version, the King James, they were sore afraid, right? So afraid that it hurt. You might not know much about angels and what they did in the Bible, but the truth is the main job that they had was to be messengers. God would send them to be messengers, and he didn't send them often, and he very rarely sent them to groups of people. And what's really crazy is that when the angels came to the shepherds, they were the lowest people that you could have, okay? They smelled bad, and they, they, their life was hard, and, and they weren't even allowed to worship in the temple because they were unclean. And this is the night shift of the lowliest profession, the lowest shift there is, right? And so when the angels showed up to the shepherds, they probably thought, wait a minute, are you in the right place? You're coming to us? Jerusalem's over there. Are you sure you didn't make a mistake? Is Steve Harvey around here somewhere? <laughs> Come on, I got to do it. 
I love you, Steve. What, what was so all-fired important that God would send the messengers of heaven to the lowliest people on earth and give them the message? What was the message? Fear not. Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all the people. The first message of Christmas was fear not. There was so much to be afraid of that night. I mean, what was the shepherd's job? <laughs> Their job was to fear. And what were they doing? They, they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done the night shift and, and tried to like, you know, keep one eye open and, you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm watching out. I mean, think about where the shepherds are this night, right? Think about where they're one eye open. I'm going to just show you. My, uh, my grandson's in England right now with his parents because his father is from England and they're having Christmas over there, which is kind of hard. But you know what? It's, it's all good. I'm glad they get to share them with us. So jet lag is not easy on a 13-month-old baby. Here they are trying to keep him awake in the car seat. Think of the shepherds. I, I think the reason that the Bible says they were terrified is I don't think there could have been a group of people that would have been more easily spooked than the night shift of the shepherds, okay? They're, they're trying to keep one eye open they already know they're the lowest people on the totem pole. They're on the lowest shift. They already know that they live in Roman occupation, and they have no idea what's going to go on in their life. Nobody could have been more fearful than those people. I mean, I believe most cultures think that, you know, our time is the worst. And, and I definitely believe that we live in a time that seems to be getting darker and darker. But I can assure you, it's been dark before. I can say fear not because I know it's been dark before and God has always been able to shine through. They lived under terror. They lived under economic upheaval. They lived under racial and gender and political tension. And they lived under Roman occupation. There could not have been a group that needed to hear this story more than the shepherds. They lived for fear, keeping watch over their flocks by night. I love the story of the little boy who was going to play an angel at the Christmas service. And, you know, he got his line. His line was, it is I, don't be afraid. It is I, don't be afraid. He practiced, 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 practiced. Finally came time for the big thing, you know, a big show, the big pageant. And, and everybody's there looking at him. And he's looking out from the, you know, from the side of the stage. And he starts to get stage fright. And he walks out and he just freezes. And after an awkward silence, he finally says his lines, it's me and I'm scared. Listen, I, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, that may be where you're at today. You may have that same uneasiness that the shepherds had. Maybe you're sleeping with one eye open at night, keeping watch over your stocks by night, keeping watch over your marriage by night, your family or your job or your health. What does God want to tell you? He wants to tell you, fear not. Why? Because unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Because I've got this. The reality of a die-hard life needs a Savior more than Santa. And I need a Savior with some power. I need Christ the Lord. Do you understand that? I mean, I know we think about the baby scene all the time at Christmas, but one who is born to you is Christ the Lord. What is the Lord? He's the one in charge. He's the ruler. And it's hard to see that in the manger, but as he grows up, every once in a while, he gives you a glimpse of the Lordness that he has. 
One example, on the boat in the Sea of Galilee, the fishermen disciples who know storms and know boats are so afraid they don't know what to do with themselves. I mean, this is a big storm. And where is Jesus? He's asleep. I think about that a lot, you know? I mean, can you imagine how good Jesus slept? I don't always sleep so good. Maybe you have the same problem as me. Jesus slept so great. He didn't have to lie awake at night worrying about stuff, right? He didn't hear noises at night and say, oh, what was that noise? If he did, he just thought, oh, yeah, I'm Christ the Lord. Say hello to my little friend, me, okay? He had nothing, and there's no reason for him not to sleep at all. And the disciples woke him up, and they said, teacher, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? And, and maybe that's your question this Christmas Eve. Don't you even care? God, don't you see what I'm up against? It's me, and I'm afraid. In, in the Christmas story, Zechariah was afraid he wouldn't have a kid. Mary was afraid of how the virgin birth thing was going to work. Joseph was afraid of the ramifications of marrying a woman that he couldn't trust. The shepherds were afraid of everything. They were afraid for their very livelihood. God, don't you care? Maybe that's where you're at. God, don't you care? How am I going to raise these kids all by myself? God, don't you care? How am I going to find a job at my age? God, don't you care? I walk into my mom's room every day and I have to reintroduce myself because Alzheimer's takes her further away every day. Don't you care? And the disciples are mad. They're mad at Jesus. They think Jesus doesn't care because he's asleep. So what do they do? They wake him up and what does he do? This is really important. He says, peace, be still. Okay? We've already had some peace things going on in here. Pay attention to that. Peace, be still. And guess what happened? The storm stopped immediately. Jesus didn't throw his power around a lot, but every once in a while, he was like, okay, I got to step in. Boom, the storm stopped. Now listen, the miracle is not that the storm stopped because all storms eventually stop. The miracle was that the storm stopped in the middle of their panic. And Jesus goes and he gets his pillow and he gets back, you know, lay back down and finish his nap. And, and as he does, he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you clinging to your life jacket after all this time? Really? Because Jesus had the same circumstances they did. He, he just had a different perspective. And watch what happened. Did they, did they get peace? No. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Isn't that an unbelievably sad irony? Think about this. They transferred their fear from the storm to the guy who could calm the storm. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe this Christmas season, that's where you are. You're not sure whether God cares or not, but you're pretty sure that he can't care about you because you think he's mad at you, because you've done something to disobey him. Maybe that's what it is. And I want to assure you that the one thing they did right was they asked this question, who is this man? They asked, do you care? And who is this man? Who is this man who's not afraid of the storm? Who is this man who brings a pillow to a boat instead of a life jacket? Who is this man who the wind and the waves obey? And does he care about me? And I want to tell you that he does. 
He's again the one who said, don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Why? Because I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Because the angel's message that was so important was, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will cause, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah. He is Christ the Lord. Then God turned it up a notch. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Isn't that interesting? Peace. Why is that interesting? We keep coming back to that word. What did Jesus tell the storm? Peace. What did Isaiah the prophet say Jesus was going to be? The prince of peace, right? What did the angels say we're going to get on this earth? Peace. Why? Because peace is the opposite of fear. You can have peace in the middle of your circumstance. It's the opposite of being afraid of your circumstance. That's how it works, and that's the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is, fear not, God is here, and that changes everything. Now we can have peace. It doesn't mean the circumstances are going to change. I mean, this is still a little baby born in a barn to two poor parents who's going to have a very hard life and grow up and die on a cross for you and I, all right? There's still going to be problems in the world, but you've got to decide whether you want fear or whether you want peace as you're going through it. And that's what Jesus came to bring you. Classic Yoda quote is, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear blinds you to the light side. Peace helps you to see it. Fear robs you of your life, but peace gives you life. Fear is the security blanket you hold on to. Peace allows you to let go. What, what is your security blanket this Christmas you're holding on to that's keeping you mired down? It's keeping you down where you've got a fear. Where, what is it? I would say that the number, one, the number one security blanket I have when people come and talk to me is it's the explained. It's the things I can see. At its essence, fear is about the things I can't explain. I don't understand. So I can't, I can't trust in them because they're out there. The supernatural, the force, angels, virgin births, all of these things. A, a guy who can die on the cross for me and be the son of God and save me from my sins. I don't understand that. I don't either. But the Bible said, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So trust the force. The things I can see are my security blanket. I can carry it with me. I feel it. It comforts me. It doesn't really help me because the things I see aren't strong enough to defeat the dark side. What I need is faith. Faith that only comes from letting go. It's the 50th anniversary of Charlie Brown. It's hard to believe, isn't it? This, this age of technology, we're still watching little drawn figures dance back and forth like this and, and loving every minute of it, right? Charles Schultz was brilliant. There's something that happens in, in, the, in, in, the, in the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and I probably saw the first time it was aired, and I've probably seen it every, every year since then, something I'd never noticed before until somebody pointed it out on a, on a devotional thought this week. It's about Linus, who represents fear. 
He's got the ever-present security blanket, right? It represents it. And the gang is always trying to get him to let go of it and let it go, but, but he's just, you know, he's going to hang on to it. Even though he's obviously intellectually superior to the rest of them, he's still sucking his thumb and holding his blanket. And maybe it's because he's intellectually superior. He just can't let go because he's afraid. And he holds on to his security blanket until a scene that Charles Schultz just barely gives you a glimpse of I hadn't noticed it ever before, and it's, it's where Linus is reading this passage of Scripture and explaining Christmas to Charlie Brown. Watch for the moment when he drops his security blanket. You catch it? I know, it's subtle, isn't it? But Charles Schultz was a great Christian man, and I believe he threw that in there on purpose. Fear not. Drop the blanket. The birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. That's what the angels came to tell us. When the angel shows up and says, fear not, I bring you a message of peace, the only way to accept that is by faith. It's by letting go. And if you'd like peace instead of fear this Christmas, maybe this is the year you need to drop your blanket. I love that song. That's the one we're giving you. It's the one we're giving you today. Take home with you, download. Our team wrote that, um, and that was a guest soloist, my son-in-law from California, actually in the middle of it. I just love that song. There's great joy for the Son of God has come. There's good news in the promise of his love. We will not fear for he came to set us free and all the world will know his peace. All the world will know it. Fear not. Good news. Great joy for all people. Don't forget that. It's for the lowliest of the lowly. It's for everybody. It's awesome that it came to the shepherds first. But it's for everyone. A Savior is born. And I think that's important. If you're having a tough Christmas, I, I understand and I feel for you, but I, God wants to help you. When, when Zechariah was worried about having a baby, the angel Gabriel shows up in the temple. He's a priest. They're in the temple and there's an angel there. And he still doesn't believe. And Gabriel says, I'm Gabriel. I came from God. What part of God don't you understand? I got this. We got this. God made an old barren woman have a child and give birth to John the Baptist and then a young virgin to conceive and Jesus was born. If those things can happen with God, all things are possible. And if they can't, then nothing is. So ultimately, you're going to have to decide. Do you trust the force? Ultimately, this life is not the point. Jesus didn't come to heal. He came to save. Again, even with peace be still power in his fingertips, he didn't always solve every problem here on this earth. As a matter of fact, he allowed himself to be killed as a substitute for our sins. The Bible says God did that, so he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody, whoever, even the shepherds. That's why when you get a Christmas card with a nativity scene painted on it, so many times there's a star above the stable that shines in the form of a cross. Maybe you've never noticed it, but they, they do that on purpose because they go together. O little town of Bethlehem, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The Bible says that when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, 
Check this out. The shepherds said to one another, let's go see this thing which has happened. Let's go see. When they were in the storm, they said, let's figure this out. Who is this guy? They asked the question, and I believe that's really all God is asking of you this Christmas season. Just check it out. You might not be ready to buy the whole thing yet, but don't walk away either. Let's go see. Let go of your blanket. Let go of the things that you can see and trust that there is a God up there who loves you. Come back to church. Go back to church. Read the Bible. We've got free ones in the back if you want it. Spend a quiet moment this Christmas and ask God if you could see just a little bit of the glory. It might not be an angel, but it'll happen. And it could happen in your heart right now. One of my favorite scenes of angels in the Bible is in Luke 15, where Jesus tells us that when one sinner turns back towards Jesus, the angels rejoice. There's a cosmic celebration every time someone drops their blanket. That could be you right now. God, I just want to pray for those of us in the crowd who have been doing Christmas for a long time. We've seen Charlie Brown a lot. Love it when Linus reads some scripture. We, We get it. We know about the whole thing. And I don't minimize that. I'm very grateful for my parents teaching me about you from the very, very beginning. And I'm excited to be passing that on to another generation and another generation. But Lord, sometimes we forget the wonder. We forget the beauty. Sometimes we forget that the force is there because we've lived in it long enough. We forget. Will you help us to see with new eyes what Christmas is? And the light side and the dark side and to be drawn towards the things that you want in our lives and to use the power of the Holy Spirit that's available to us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. You said that. Lord, if there are people here who've uh, been gone for a while, they haven't been Christmas service for a while, they haven't had communion for a while maybe, Lord, would this just be a time when you and they reconnect and they realize that you're not mad at them? And that you love them so much that you sent your son to die. Remind them how much you love them. Get all those negative images of the angry father God out of their head. And help them to realize that you're the God who would do anything to have them back home. And Lord, if there are people in here who have never dropped their blanket and they think today might be the day. Just be with them as they open up their hearts and pray back. God, I, I realize I need a Savior and a Lord. Jesus, I know that I need you in my life and, and I don't understand it, can't fathom it, but I believe I'm going to follow you. And Lord, if there are people in here who are just willing to crack the door a little bit and say, let's go see Help them to feel your presence right now as we commune. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.